Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. Nice to have you with us once more. This is episode number 253, entitled W is for Writing. It was published on Thursday, the 4th of November, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined, as I am so often, in a few minutes by my good friend David Wormsley, so that we can have our discussion. We're going through the A to Z of WordPress, and we're really close to the end because we're on W, like I said, is for writing. But before we get into that, just a few bits of housekeeping. I am putting together a Black Friday deals page. It's slowly building up as people send me their deals. You can find it, though, as you always can, wpbuilds.com forward slash black. One more time, wpbuilds.com forward slash black. It's a searchable and filterable list of WordPress specific deals that might be plugins, themes, hosting, and some SaaS apps thrown in for good measure as well. But I would really appreciate it if you want to bookmark that page and use it. There are a few affiliate links that go in there and that helps to keep the lights on over at WP Builds. But the idea is to make it your one-stop shop so that every deal is on there. If by any chance I have missed a deal out, there is a button on there. It's a blue button and I believe it says add your deal. And if I've missed something, please go and fill out that form and I'll try to get it on the site as quickly as I can. Please keep heading back though, because as I said, things are going to be added as and when I receive them. And what's on there today might not be what's on there tomorrow, but it's a busy period. I know that lots of people put some money to one side in order to make a good investment at a time of year when everything seems to go berserk in terms of offers of So once more, wpbuilds.com forward slash black to make use of that. If you would like to keep in touch with all that we do at WP Builds, head over to our subscribe page. It will come as no surprise that it's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe and fill out the form over there and we will keep you up to date. There is actually a specific email list. If you look, there's two forms on that page. One of them is to keep in touch with all of the content that we produce. So that would be things, for example, like the podcast episodes that you're listening to now. The other form is to keep you in touch with deals and so particularly around the Black Friday time, that might be a good idea to fill that one out because they're two separate lists. So you're looking for the blue one on the WP Build subscribe page. Okay, that's all of the housekeeping out of the way. So this week I'm chatting to David Wormsley all about W is for writing. When we started out thinking about this topic, we didn't actually think there was an awful lot in it. We were thinking about things like fonts and SEO. But then the more we got into it, the more we started to think about all the different things that are involved in writing. So for example, the interface. Are we becoming dumbed down with things like Twitter? Do we now no longer care about who is the custodian, who owns that content? Do we now have to worry more about mixed content, so throwing video and GIFs and images at our writing as well. And in the future, what about AI? Is that going to take the job of writing good content away? There's loads in this episode, and I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, it's another A to Z of WordPress, a series where we attempt to cover all the major aspects of building and maintaining sites with WordPress. Today is W for writing. And well, 
to be honest, when we said we would do this one, it was going to be because of the fact that we'd used up B and we couldn't have it on blogging. But Nathan, you've come up with so many kind of areas we can talk about when it comes to writing and, and WordPress. Can I just say, so, doesn't doesn't yeah. writing start with an R? <laughs> I think we've got the wrong letter. Uh, yeah, we, we, very funny, Nathan. Uh, yeah, W for writing. There's absolutely loads in this, and it just sort of splurged out, didn't it? There were so many different yeah. things that that we didn't really think about at the beginning. You know, we we started thinking about all the typical stuff like fonts and uh, typography and all of that, and then loads of things came to mind. So, if you're a blogger, yeah. probably a lot of this will have occurred to you. Where should we start? Well, this is kind of random order, really. So we'll start with, should we talk about web fonts? Because that's okay. been something I'm into recently. Sure. Um, mainly because of performance and all that. I've been doing some content on using different things. And so many exciting things going on with picking fonts. Um, because there's all what Google's doing at the moment with these variable fonts. I don't know if you know about that. Well, I actually, the only reason I know about it, because I watched your video. But it would be quite interesting. Oh, yeah. Just... Give us like the 30 second lowdown because it's great. Yeah, well, previously, I mean, fonts have been changing all the time. It's been difficult to deliver anything other than just system fonts. And they've been heavy and we've needed to support different browser types. And pretty much now the, the support is there for Google's format, which is worth two. So we can slim it down pretty much now to one type of file. But what they've done now is instead of having to deliver different weights uh, with different files, they've got this variable font, which is just one, which will deliver all the different ranges of weights that you could have, and actually weights within the typical weights, so it's fully variable. And there's all sorts of stuff, adaptive fonts they're working on as well, where you'll get much more control about how you kind of manipulate the individual characters and, and the kerning and that kind of stuff that I don't really understand. So. I think it's exciting times really for web fonts. Yeah, it's interesting that it's all being packaged up in one <clears throat> in one file, if you like. So rather than having all the different weights and everything, which obviously is multiple things, now it's yeah. all going to be rolled into one. I've got to say, I know obviously you're keen on it and you made that YouTube video and what have you. I, mm. I think I'm almost immune to, a, to <laughs> noticing fonts in that if a font is spectacularly bad, like yeah. Comic Sans bad, then I will see it and I will think, Ugh. but typically whatever a website displays to me, I'll just sort of accept it as, as what it is. And I, yes. I don't sort of find myself remarking, oh, that's a nice font. I, obviously other, other people do, but it's just not something that really occurs to me. If it's readable, the font size, I think, is more crucial to me. I actually discovered to my horror this week that I there was a setting in on my phone which will throughout the whole phone experience it will increase the font size and i i discovered like i said to my horror that having it on extra large is now required <laughs> i'm basically slowly going blind <laughs> yeah typography that's that's what we're moving to now um is really something where i thought I couldn't tell. I bet you can. I've noticed this. When people share designs uh, that look really fabulous, I, I kind of find myself going and looking at the, the fonts that they've chosen for their design. And nearly always is it something that they've selected. Maybe it's just a free one that's available, but it's not one of the Google fonts that I would go for because they're there. And you just think, I, I'm always in awe of these people who just manage to somehow deliver the right font 
And, and it's not just that, is it? It's their parents. It's the systems that some people have. And I meant to check this out for this talk because there are various systems. I think it was um, Ch uh, Chantel. Ed, I always get a name Edward wrong. Edward Betsy. Betsy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who was talking about this. She's been looking into this. And there are, there are certain proportions, certain um, ratios that you set for your fonts that make things look good. And I think if you know this stuff and you do it, you can tell. Yes, you know. Yes, yeah. You're right, of course, and 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 I probably would, on some level, notice it, but it never seems to bobble up to the top of my consciousness. I'm I'm not often finding myself, for example, the the time I think when I'm exposed to most fonts would probably be in a supermarket. You know, every product has got a different mm. font. They're trying to reach out and you know make themselves look happy, or they make themselves look exciting, mm. or whatever it might be, or reliable, or whatever. And I, I just don't. I just see the word and think, okay, that's Tabasco sauce. That's a <laughs> that's you know that's baked beans or whatever it might be. But it's fascinating that you you do dwell on it. That's really interesting. Well, I'm starting to because I'm just not good at design, and I feel I need to be better. And I just appreciate it when people are. So I feel like I need to understand a bit more about the characters and you know behind it. I mean, it is psychology stuff that interests me. Yes. Really, picking the right typography. It, they do communicate something different. And of course, there's the functional side of things. And, and interesting enough, I mean, going back to the whole Google thing with the variable fonts and being able to deliver fast, more kind of better typography. <laughs> I've just set up a new blog that I'm doing. And guess what I've gone for? Georgia font. Nice. The, the system font. <laughs> yeah, but it's reliable. You don't have to do anything. It's just there on everybody's machine. And it will definitely be quick to load. Yeah, so I mean, some of those, well, we've, we've forgotten about those, going back to those old system fonts, because as soon as Google came with it, suddenly we were stuck with it for all our experience where we learned the web. That's all we had, isn't it? Yeah. We just had to pick safe fonts. Yeah. Now, Do you know I'm, what? I mean, although I say all of that kind of thing, I'm, I'm not advocating that Georgia should be everywhere or everybody must use Helvetica <laughs> yeah. or anything, but the world would be a duller place if we didn't have all of this, you know, the, the example of the supermarket, it would be, although I'm not really noticing it, it would be a much more bland world had we not got people yeah. obsessing about this. <laughs> a wonderful thing has happened, actually. I'm going to keep quiet for the moment. I'm doing a website which has been going on for a long time for an existing client who I really like and done lots of work for. And um, they're really, I mean, they're designing it and they've really got the design skills. Nice. <laughs> much, much more... Uh, knowledgeable on this stuff but the interesting thing was with the typography they've been asking me can we get this file? I said yes you can but you need to pay for it and the web license for it and they've never done it anyway I, I found something which is Google font close to what they wanted I said I've stuck this one in and they actually because they know what they're doing now they went and changed it to Helvetica so and they're really happy with it but I know what's actually happening on their computers they've got the version of Helvetica that they want to see so oh, I see to yeah. them it's wonderful uh, to me it looks a little bit off so right. yeah, it's just so. what they're familiar with yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's on their system so yeah. yeah okay so that's web fonts and a smattering of typography that's interesting what are we going next SEO the purpose of writing yeah. more and more is just to you imagine it just just a few years ago, almost nobody had to be skilled at writing in the way that millions of people now need to be skilled at writing. Because yeah. previously, the only road to writing was either for your own personal, maybe a diary or something, or if you were paid to do it, maybe a journalist or maybe you're involved in marketing a product or something. 
But now, and of course, there was no SEO. There was no thought of mm. of having to write it with with search engine compatibility in mind. You just wrote, I guess, to whatever template was required for the style that you were choosing. But now we've got millions of people obsessing about the structure of their writing, so that a, an algorithm can mm. pick up on it. It's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I mean, WordPress is there and popular because it's a blogging platform. When blogging platforms were a way to make a new income you know the whole content marketing online stuff started and everybody wants to get in that to their business but it is interesting i think where we've got to now because um the other side of this is the ai side of it now we've got to that point haven't we where we can get the robots to write our content as well so we can put more out there to google to search and i I think we're in a really interesting place at the moment with that it's really interesting as well because we're, there's so many constraints that are applied to SEO. I wonder if anybody who is a writer actually revels in the SEO side of things. I wonder if there's a single writer who who doesn't feel <laughs> constrained by it, who feels it's like a, you know, it's freeing and marvellous and it allows me to do so many great things. Because, you know, we've got things like the length, um, the amount of words that you've decided to adopt, um, mm. the 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 propensity of keywords that you wish to be ranked for and where to put them, title tags, meta descriptions, all of this kind of stuff suddenly becomes really important. You've got to worry about packing things in in a way that nobody ever used to have to. Yeah, I think... I mean, more worrying is the people who only write for the SEO purposes of it. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I've moved to an SEO plugin, a slim SEO, which I'm using on most of it, which is something which uh, we were talking about him earlier, Justin Tadlock, mm. who writes for WP Tavern. He also used that and he made a, he, he reviewed that particular plugin and he talked about the fact that for him, you know, there might be some things that it's lacking, but for him, he doesn't want to be bothered about this. He wants to just get on with the business of writing and this just does the main things that he needs to do in terms of SEO. And I think, yeah, that's, that's kind of going to be true for most of the people I'm going to serve. That's interesting as well, isn't it? Because for some people, so for example, Justin's working for a, a well-respected publication mm. with a boatload of um, traffic and respect. And so I guess in a certain sense, the SEO play is, is of less consequence because it's probably being ranked by Google really mm. well already. But I'm I'm presuming that there are other people who are, I don't know, they're trying to launch their blog and and sell widgets and they need to make sure that Google knows they sell widgets and just how effective they are at selling widgets. So I presume there are a bunch of people for whom the SEO stuff really has to matter. Do you think still, though, when you go, you know, you, you Google search and you find articles, do you feel often that you land on them and you think this has just been written for SEO purposes? All the time. Yeah. Yeah, all <laughs> the time, especially how-tos. I find myself asking Google how to do a myriad of things every week. Yeah. There's, there's something that I need to do that I've never done before. And you get to the article and it's so obviously without any merit. There is no actual how-to <laughs> information. Yeah. It's just they've just somehow managed to persuade Google that this was, in fact, a helpful article. And yeah, that that bamboozles me all the time. And, you know, you just click the back button and you're off again. Try something else. And usually you stumble upon something. But it is amazing still how effective people are at faking it to Google. 
Yeah, I, I think I think Google will find a way to be able to take care of that. Yes. I mean, we know that they're already against the idea of using AI. In fact, it's one of their policies. If you don't do that without putting some human input into using that, they they want to ban you for that, even if, if I think it's almost impossible at the moment for them to be able to work out when it's been created by robots. But I, I, I think maybe we're in a time where, you know, a kind of flair or a character that you bring into your writing will, you know, will mean something again. And I think maybe Google will find a way to be able to sort of compensate so the good stuff yeah. gets through and, and not the generated for their purposes it, stuff. It's an interesting parallel, isn't it? Because if you think about it, people are prepared to pay significantly more money. Oh, I yeah. don't know. Let me try and find an example. Furniture, for example. They're prepared mm. to pay significantly more money for a table that they know an artisan has created by hand mm -hmm. than one from, say, Ikea. I mean, both of them with a tablecloth over them, they're the same. They, who would know? But um, people are prepared to, to respect the fact that somebody's put a load of time in and effort in and made this object, and it's unique, and it's been done by somebody carefully, thoughtfully. Yeah. And maybe the same will be true ultimately with writing. You know, we'll all spot that, boy, this feels like, this feels like an AI has written this and and that will become less popular. And I've got to imagine that there must be something in the Google algorithm that is figuring out whether this has been written yeah. by AI. Because it, yeah. Google, Google can't want AI to be the no. thing. I can't imagine. No, they're very specific about it. They've actually written to that effect that they don't, you know, if it's not, it's it's one of their kind of bannable things. So I've definitely seen that. So if you're just writing with the, the technologies like GPT-3, isn't it, that's, you have to train. But if they if they know it's been written without any manual input to it, you know, they, they've written that they can quite happily delist you. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the idea of um, some of the software that's come around to to, to en enable you to yeah. use AI. So there's this there's this new WordPress plugin, Bertha.ai, mm. but there's also a whole suite of SaaS apps which do the same thing. Mm. I think the way that they skirt around it is to is to describe their product as it just gets you started it will put things in your way that you <clears throat> excuse me that you may not have thought of and then very much yes. from there you're on your own you know don't just push 10,000 words out that the ai wrote go and look get some ideas delete things modify things so we'll have to see how that goes and that brings into mind some other it's not the same thing at all but it's sort of similar i suppose you could put it under AI a little bit, is things like Grammarly and ProWritingAid, which are both softwares which will look at the writing you've already done and yeah. make decisions to help you write a little bit more effectively. So give you tips about style and obviously things, basic things like punctuation and grammar. But uh, I, I use those quite a lot and I'm always amazed at how verbose I am and how many more words I pack in than I need to, especially the word that. <laughs> yeah yeah i think it, i mean the same i use pro writing aid with you put me onto it and i, I turn it off most of the time yep. because I, you know, as you know i'm terrible at writing when we're typing to each other but uh, uh so it's constantly correcting me but sometimes i feel it's it's a little bit over the top it, it's for brevity but sometimes you need it and then, do you know what i think they're very different actually so grammarly and pro writing aids and things like bertha I, I think they're different. Why I think 
Grammarly and stuff will help you to slim down your own style and make it easy to read for other people. Where I think the AI stuff, um, it will, might help you with the SEO at, at the moment, but it's not going to help you with the conversion. And I think Grammarly will help you with the conversion. It will tidy up what you're writing. I'm the same as you. I switch it off whilst I'm writing yeah. because I find the, the the way that it interferes with the, the visual interface you know let's say you've got a google doc open because it's compatible with that and or mm. gutenberg or whatever it's it's constantly d- instructing you by underlining things in in bold colors and what have you that that this needs addressing and i just i finish what i'm doing then switch it on go away make a cup of tea and come back and all the suggestions are, have been thought out and then i just go through and dismiss them or or use them as i see fit but it's it's really helpful um you and I both went to school in an era when grammar wasn't popular to be taught. You know, we basically, you and I, we had to learn grammar by osmosis. Um, it really yeah. was not in fashion. And so I would imagine there's a whole generation of people just like you and me for whom that it's not instinctive and we never really got taught it. I'm older than you. I, I had chalk in the slate. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you not get taught grammar though, or did you get taught? Because I definitely didn't. I don't think I did. No. I mean, <laughs> Lincolnshire education really wasn't kind of hot on that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff. You know? That's right. Um, we were talking about cattle farm. and how to farm. Things like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things that were going to be more important to that's, our lives. That's so, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What about um, what about the nature of the writing that we're doing? There's a whole, whole ton of stuff in here. So, for example, <laughs> um, blogging platforms, forums, documentation, the different styles of writing that you could get involved in. That's important, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't know what we can say on this. Actually. Well, I um, guess it's just good to point it out. You know, there, there are a whole myriad of different reasons for writing. So if you're a blogger, I guess the, the, the constraints are off, aren't they? You can pretty much write whatever you like in your own style. Nobody's going to yeah. be critical of you. It's just the way it's done. You can be politically hostile or you could be gentle whatever it is that you want to be and then i guess the writing for example in forums you've got to modify the way that you do things hopefully you're going to try not to inflame people and be constructive and helpful and polite and all those kind of things and then you know if you're into writing documentation for something let's say you've got a wordpress plugin there's definitely a style that you've got to adopt and it might be a little bit less interesting shall we say certainly less personal but there's a whole yeah. different suite of ways to write. Yeah, it's interesting. And we were just talking earlier, this is going a little bit off topic, but it's, I guess, related to Grammarly and picking up on your that's. And we were saying about, because we both have to talk to camera occasionally because we do kind of video content. Mm. And you were saying you had to read stuff and you became robotic, yep. uh, not your normal character. And I find the same. I can't, re- I can read out loud what I've written to somebody and it seems fine. If I try and do that before camera, it just doesn't seem right. And somehow this is where I think Grammarly and Pro Writers sometimes don't help you because if I talk and I say so and then move on to my next topic, it's not good grammar, but it kind of, is my voice coming through the writing. Yeah. So I I sometimes think, you know, that's, and you do, I think when you're blogging, I think you, somehow it's got to be your, most of the time, it's got to be your voice where you're right with the, with the documentation. It's not, people just need the information they need to achieve a goal. Yeah, you know? I found, I have written documentation in the past and I found it really a difficult job to do, largely because it, it just doesn't fit 
almost any of my <laughs> attributes and so I get bored with it quickly so I tend to wander <laughs> off so the the job which should take 20 minutes takes five hours and and so I'm <laughs> yeah. very very non-effective that's not a word is it but anyway ineffective that's the word I was after but um yeah. this is why I don't do any public speaking because I know that if I if I if I read out the text if I write everything and then read it verbatim I will be wooden and it will be horrible to any for anybody to listen to. But if I don't write out the text, I won't be on message. If I just write bullet points out, I just wander off and I just get totally lost down a blind alley. So no public speaking for Nathan. I'm all right winging it like this. I can talk for hours. But if it's got to be on message, like at a WordCamp or something, yeah, it's not for me. I know. It's, you know. it's fascinating. It takes me back to my university days because I, uh, I'm I'm kind of like this. I remember the un- the lecturers who had long standing and credibility, who I really enjoyed, were often the ones who never finished on time. So they would have a, like their hour slot or something. But it would yeah. like me a little bit if I try. I'm useless at public speaking, but I do the same kind of thing. I wander around the stage here, just kind of riffing off the top of my head, you know, and. <laughs> and go completely off or get lost and that's what the ones that used to engage me used to do that and then of course there were these new lecturers who used to do the public speaking who would pretty much follow a I don't know American textbook or something on the subject and it would have clear headings and it would cover each of the points that were in there but for me it was always dull yeah so yeah. maybe you should do public speaking oh no no nobody wants to be put through that horror <laughs> the um it just just sudden, something sort of occurred to me I, I went to the um i went to play some sport with my sons the other day and went into the gym and quickly thought i, I don't ever want to be in this room i just there's nothing about the gym that excites me swimming pool kind of that's kind of nice i quite like that and badminton yeah i'll do that table tennis whatever <laughs> all these different different things so they're all sport but they're completely different. And it's the same, I suppose, yeah. with writing. You know, it's all writing, but there's different styles and there's different ways of doing it. So we mentioned blogging, forums, documentation. There's obviously other things like um, newsletters or, you know, brief content, sales, marketing copy, the list. Oh, and obviously novels and long form prose and yeah. poetry and all sorts. And and I guess it just depends. Some people are going to be more into reading as well as writing all of those different types. And I would imagine not everybody can be good at all of it. Yeah, and you've just kind of, I guess, solved something for me. I think that's the point of the blogging, isn't it? I think most of the time the blogging is personal. It needs to find your voice, and I think that's probably why AI won't be able to manage to replicate that, and that's why we spot things are either made for SEO because there's just not a real person talking to you yeah, about I, their life. I guess the Turing test for, for writing from AI will yeah. be the moment when it can actually make me laugh you know will it ever be able to write down a joke that they've that it's created in a context of a story you know there's a big build-up like some comedians do you know they spend 10 minutes getting to the line which is just oh that was all coming to this moment will it ever be able to do that that would be the moment and at that point I think I'm just going to give up and assume that the robots have won you know what? I mean, I bought one of these AI tools. Um, I think it's, it's called Writer, but it's spelled, I think, R-Y-T-E-R. See, they start with an R. R. They're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, it's interesting. It's got a humorous mode on it, so you oh. can get it to write in humorously. It doesn't work. It's never made me laugh once, but you know, <laughs> maybe that's the joke. <laughs> it's the iron, the irony button. It doesn't work because it's it's ironic. It's not supposed to be funny. Um, okay, let's crack on. So we know there's loads of different yeah. styles of writing. I I put down the idea of the interface mattering yeah. when writing. So when I was a kid. The interface was a pencil or, or a pen and a piece of paper. Mm. And then when I got to be about eight, along came computers. But they weren't for writing. There was just the mm. impediments to it all were so great that it was useless. But now we're at the point where, certainly where I live, there are devices littering all over the place. So obviously you can still use your pencil and paper. But now we've got to the point where the style of writing that you're about to perform really mm. means that you may open something or reach for something completely different and so an example might be i at least once a week i will go into evernote which you i'm sure you've all heard of evernote um but one of the options that you can do is basically create a list and every time you click return it then creates another a new line but with a checkbox next to it and the the idea being that once your list is complete you can go back through and just tick 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 so for example i might use that on shopping and that's that's a really brilliant case of writing for a purpose in an interface which which matters for mm. blogging uh, on wp builds i'm using gutenberg and it works supremely well I, I can move the content up and down links are handled really well now there's occasionally when i don't want it to become a link but i can convert that back and you know sometimes it, it tries to drag in the featured image and things like that which i don't want but for writing for the blog it's perfect. I use Google Docs quite a lot because it's it's clutter-free. There's just nothing really getting in the way, a very minimal interface, which I quite like. But then there's all sorts of other writing apps. Like there's one for, I think it's Windows and Mac, probably more, I don't know, but called Scrivener, which is mm -hmm. for authors to create basically novels. And it, it brings into the interface all sorts of information that you need to hand about the story at large. So brings in portraits of the characters and it brings in information about what you're intending this chapter to be so that you can be mindful of the wider story at the same time so i think the interface is there's just so many now yeah you put this down as a note and i thought what are you on about but i actually think it's quite significant and I, it made me think about gutenberg i mean you and i are slightly different you like writing with that for the the post that you do for wp builds it's it really works well for you yep. and i'm not such a big fan and i but i realized that i was talking about the fact that i like google documents if i need to write something like a blog post or something i'd probably rather do it there yep but it depends how sectioned off your content is and how you're imagining it on the site. So I wouldn't write in a Google document unless I was kind of mapping out a, a, a homepage or something. I might put some titles there to sort of think about my thoughts. But when it comes to writing on a homepage or something, I want to do it with the font that's there and the space that's available. So I'm back into my page builder, wanting to see it as it will show on the page. That's fascinating. Yeah. Influence, yeah. yeah. Influence the length of my sentences because how it's going to sit well on the page. So that's, that's so, a really interesting moment yeah. where fonts and typography and the yeah. interface collide. And all of it, in your case, you you want to see it and, and make the length of it so that it fits in that box perfectly. Yeah, that's really interesting. 
Yeah, so it, I, it does, I think it does matter, and you are in different modes for this. So, yeah, I think it's a, a really good point. And, and actually, it will change, I think, how you interact with WordPress and, and like Gutenberg or not, you know, because what you're using it for. It's interesting context. as well because in this, and we'll come back to this in a little bit, in this, I was thinking the whole time I was thinking about bigger pieces of writing. So, you know, Gutenberg is, is for fairly lengthy pieces, potentially. So is a Google Doc. Mm. So potentially could be Evernote and what have you and Scrivener and all of those kind of things. But then we'll come to social media. Very often the context there is to be as brief as possible. You know, the, these these yeah. these incredibly popular apps which have swept the world, starting with text SMS a long time ago, just brief, yeah. punchy little messages. And my friends, communi- sorry, not my friends, my, my children's friends, that is that is the mode of communication now. Brief, to the point, punchy, punctuated with gifs and emojis. It's just so different from what we had as kids. Yeah, I, yeah, I, and but you, we were talking earlier about this, and you said you, you know your thing is have we all has the world gone all with Twitter? Is that the way? you know, is writing going to die out, which is kind of what you were thinking about. And I was just thinking, I just think it's a, it's a different form of communication that has one context, you know? Yeah. I think the younger generation, it's a new tool that's available. Emojis are are something that, you know, uh, I've grown to love. I couldn't believe that could ever happen. I just thought they were just so childish and stupid, but but a great way of communicating an emotion. Yeah. Um, Do do you know what? I remember almost being like cynical when yeah. when somebody would send an emoji my way i'd be like oh come on grow up yeah. and now i'm like i'm emoji crazy i love it i mean i've got this limited tiny palette of ones that i use you know the sort of the 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 wink to sort of indicate that actually that was ironic because i i can't help but be sarcastic and sometimes i yeah. write to people and think actually that's maybe too subtle and that could come across as like hurtful so I add yes. the wink in, and I'm I'm mindful. Well, I'm thinking at that point. Well, that that clears that mess up. <laughs> of course, it yeah. doesn't always end up having to apologise. But um, but yeah, here's an interesting fact that um, that most people maybe do or don't know. Writing was not invented for the beautiful th- things that we all imagine it was invented for. So obviously, everybody. Lord Shakespeare mm-hmm. and the great works of prose throughout the centuries and we all think this is this is what writing was invented for it wasn't writing was invented in ancient Sumer it was on clay tablets and they would press these reeds into clay tablets in certain configurations and and it was called cuneiform and cuneiform initially was a an accounting system so it was basically so the oldest clay tablets that we've got with cuneiform on are things like you owe me three sheep. You owe me uh, six bushels of wheat or whatever it might be. And only much later, I mean, much later in the, in the march of history of the world, it's not that much later, but in human terms, it was quite a lot. Only much later did it start to be repurposed for things like, oh, actually, we could we could start writing fun things down instead and things that we want to remember as opposed to just bookkeeping stuff. Interesting. There you now, go. What other WordPress podcasts would you learn that kind of stuff? That's from? right. You've got you heard it here first, cuneiform. <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote an I actually wrote an essay about this at university, so that's why I've got on my oh. that's why I got on my high horse. <laughs> but it is fascinating because it it, yeah. it is just a, a an odd thought to think that writing didn't come about 
in order to yeah. so that we can use our voice to communicate and be emotional. It really, really was the sort of stuff that you receive from your bank. You know, the, nobody's <laughs> getting excited about the bank statement when it arrives, are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? Something just occurred to me when you said that you put a little wink on because you thought it could be interpreted as sarcastic. Yeah, I somehow think, uh, in a way, the emoji then can spoil things a little bit oh, because yeah. it makes it so obvious what you're doing. And there is nothing bigger, a big laugh out loud for when you read something and it takes you a moment to realize what they're actually right. saying to you. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay. There's a bigger laugh, isn't there, yeah. where you're slightly confused about somebody's intention and then you get it. Yeah. So I wonder if emojis can be considered writing. I wonder if they contain the kernel of what what, yeah. what writing is. You know, If they add something in a visual form, is it writing? Here's another question. Is consuming <laughs> audio content reading? So a perfect example of this is if you ah. subscribe to Audible, which yes. is it's Amazon's thing. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of rival services, but I don't know the names of them. And you listen to an audio book. Have you read it? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think a lot of people do say they have. They do. They say they've, they've like read me. the book. And to me, yeah. reading is, is, is things coming through the eyes but then, of course, that's that brings into mind the whole accessibility thing, because there's a whole yeah. bunch of people who will communicate. Let's say, for example, they might be reading via Braille. So it's coming through the fingers. And so if it's yeah. coming through the fingers, couldn't it come through the eyes as well as the ears? And and yeah, it's just fascinating. Ah. Do you know what? That's one thing when we're talking about accessibility. One thing I don't know. I've never tested this out because I do have on my computer one of the tools, and we should do these. I never use it enough, which is, I'm, I'm looking at what it's called. It's called, I think I've written it down. Yeah, N-V-D-A. D-A. Yeah, that's the one that I use to do, to just simulate um, what a screen reader will have when someone's reminded me about accessibility. But one thing I don't know is how it deals with emojis. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Because yeah. you imagine it would contain some some metadata yeah. about what it is. So, you know, it might say wink or something. It's actually quite interesting when you look at an emoji in a in a in an app that can't pass it and you yeah. often see like it just got some quirky characters and then it says wink or <laughs> yeah. you know laugh out loud or something. You think what? Oh, okay, that was supposed to be an emoji. And maybe that's that's going to be passed over to the the screen reader. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I guess it can do. I guess it's built into the the system, but it just it kind of popped up as a question. On on mind. our yes. yeah, sorry, mm. I was just going to say on our show notes, which we write in Google Doc, by the way. So there you go. We've obviously <laughs> decided upon that as the best method. We um we missed a bunch out, so let's flip back up. Let's go further back up to the top, and we'll look at the mood, the writing, oh, okay. the writing, and the mood that you're in. Yeah. As an example, I've I've you've we've all done it. We've all been forced to write things to a time constraint and it is amazing how that process can work in both ways you know it might motivate you perfectly on the other hand it might be that it it, it just grinds your gears and the fact that you've got to write to a schedule makes you feel pressure and what have you so yeah. what i'm speaking of here is you know that the pleasure of writing could be completely different the experience of writing could be completely different because you're writing for business you're writing for pleasure you're writing because you're under pressure you're writing because your boss is forcing you to or you're writing because you just love writing poetry it makes a real difference yeah 
I, I absolutely. I mean, I, <clears throat> if I was needed to be paid for writing, then I would just seize up and not be able to do it because uh, I just I'm not a writer. But <clears throat> I do love writing when it's for my own pleasure. In fact, building websites is pretty much the same thing. I've realised over the time if I've got a a very loose deadline. And, and thinking time, I can enjoy it. I can potter about with it, experiment with stuff. And writing's the same for that. If you need the mood, mm. I couldn't. I couldn't do it to a time frame. Did you ever keep a diary at any point? Um, I think I did, but really for a very short time. Yeah, when I was young. I'm the same. I, I've dabbled with it, and it, it was obvious really soon that I just couldn't get into the flow of what was needed. Mm. Mine just became a a really boring list of things that I'd done that day. And it, it just was really utilitarian. So I thought, well, this is pointless. I'm never going to enjoy reading this back. So I uh, I quickly stopped. <laughs> uh, what about this expertise then? Is it is it wise to, if, you, if let's say, for example, you've got a website, uh, getting back to WordPress a bit, if you've got a website, is it is it the best thing to do to employ a copywriter or are we okay with letting the client send us whatever it is that they've got or indeed you writing it for them? Yeah, I feel I've become, I mean, I've read a fair bit. I, I used to, I've read a lot of the copy blogger, blogger books and stuff like that before so I could kind of bring those skills in because of the terrible you know stuff that I used to get submitted because you know a lot of the clients that I had their only experience of having to write is what they've been taught at school and um you know and most of the kind of local trade stuff end up being the same where a you know a local family-run business since blah blah it's also exactly the same stuff you know um so they needed to find their voices so I think I learned a bit to be able to do that and since I've never there's not been the budget for my clients anyway to get in a, a copywriter but Honestly, I think if selling, you know, copies about selling, isn't it? Communicating your kind of brand to somebody. If there's a, you know, if I had a client with a budget, I would love it to send that stuff over to a copywriter because I'm assuming that copywriter, if they understand the web, will do kind of the, the branding for me. They will, they will say what this, the character of this site is all about and, and pass that to me. Yeah. I, I think and give me the structure as yeah, well. I think you're right. I think if you've got the capacity, having somebody who really knows what they're doing is is really yeah. good. You mentioned copy blogger, but there's also people like Todd Toddy Jones and his yes. copy flight um, yes. things. You know who they help you try to figure out what what it is that your audience need from you, and then provide you with the tools to to sort of it write effectively. So yeah, I think you're right. It, 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 obviously, anybody can write. That's kind of the purpose of WordPress. And if it's a, a blog and it doesn't really matter, and you're just writing personal stuff down, then uh, then probably a good idea to to get somebody um, to maybe cast an eye on it if you're very nervous about it. But you don't need somebody to help you write it. But if you're writing something and you wish it to be effective and you genuinely didn't learn that trade, then I would imagine there's there's utility in getting somebody who has learned that trade um yeah to look at it yeah but, but i think when it comes to copy bloggers funny isn't it as a term because copy is very much about sales but when you think of, when i think of blogging it's kind of not related to uh, you know a good blogger for me is someone who is just able to kind of uh, just feels free enough to be able to write down how they talk yeah and i get a personality which they're not you know they're not what they're doing is not shouldn't be designed to sell me something yeah it should literally be 
um, you know, something that engages and entertains as if I'm listening to them talk to me personally. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That, so for that, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah interesting. No skills. Um, yeah. We, we touched on this, so we maybe don't want to dwell on it because we are approaching 40 minutes, so we probably need to wrap up fairly soon. Mm. But the, the the sort of brevity of communication now is quite interesting. You know, I mentioned earlier mm. that the world got into SMS in a big way. Certainly in Europe, I think it. I think it was a, a little bit later in North America. Uh, I remember going to America during a time when everybody was texting back home, and was quite surprised to discover that nobody was using it. And then, of course, it it took off, and now we've got all sorts of platforms which encourage us to write in a very constrained way. And and I wonder, like, if you're an educator and you're talking to, you're educating children and teenagers. Yeah. I wonder if this has made a difference. I wonder if the world is is becoming less skilled at writing long form and very very skilled at writing briefly and cutting out all the cruft that you don't need yeah <laughs> you have nothing to add to that do you i've co- I, i've confounded you <laughs> but it yeah, it is but it's so big it's such yeah, a big topic yeah it is yeah and that i find that yeah i, I don't know it's um i just think it, that whole stuff is just uh, a new form of communication. Yeah. I don't know. There's yeah. a there's a need, isn't there, for people to f- feel connected? But I also think it's kind of bad for a younger generation as well. They don't know how to disconnect and enjoy a moment of living in the moment where they are. So we're we're in danger know. here of becoming commodions. We must we must yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> careful move away. The it's interesting though. The I wonder what the attention span is because nowadays. Like the best thing you got as a kid was yeah. a coloured a book with coloured pictures, and if you were really lucky, you maybe got a pop up book or something. You know, you'd open the page yeah. and things would flop out in front of you, and you, oh, it's <laughs> exciting. But nowadays, if you think about it, the children are everything is in the one piece. It could have uh, beautiful typography, lovely, co- vibrant colours, pictures. Um, that could have only been taken seconds ago on the other side of the planet. There can be video in there. They can even drop games in and interactive content and all of that kind of stuff. And it's just fascinating. Writing, the consumption of writing is so much bigger now than it was when we were kids because it literally was reading text. Now there's so much more thrown in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for younger generation, I mean, I think... Oh gosh, it's so enabling the fact that you've got the internet and you can find out information. You can connect with people who share a very niche interest that you couldn't do when we were growing up. And I just think, you know, it's so engaging. You see why people want to be connected all the time uh, like that. But I think all of us, I don't think it's just our age here. I think you and I feel the same. You know, we've engaged particularly with Facebook quite a lot and then needed to pull that back because we're just... uh, kind of losing balance in our life yeah yeah what interesting excuse me something just came to mind when you said that the the sort of interaction i kind of figured if if you'd have told me 10 years ago that i'd have a video camera in my pocket that i could use to (laughs) talk to my parents on video i would have assumed that that would have replaced almost all written communication that everybody would Mm. be communicating with their with their face on a video and it really hasn't happened has it that the preferred communication still 
is to yeah. is to to write to one another like you and I we we, we write to yeah. each other you know we we get on the call to do the podcast but but we don't really we don't do FaceTime calls or yeah. any of that kind of video stuff and but yet we're chatting and chirping away the whole time in different messaging platforms and so writing it totally works so I don't think it's going anywhere I don't think AI or modern technology or different things that may threaten the predominance of writing i i doubt that they'll actually have a have a the impact of yeah. removing writing from our abilities yeah and you love reading don't you so oh i you, love you, reading you, th- there must be something there that the other platforms can't offer you so i don't think it's going to go away and that's the same for many people mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not so much th- yeah I, I it should be the other way around where i'm fearing um that uh, writing will disappear because i'm not such a big reader you know yeah but, you know, yeah it, um last one let's let's drag it back to wordpress a little bit just before we mm-hmm. finish what about the ownership of your writing then because is this an important thing obviously wordpress's mission democratize publishing make it so that you don't have to go to a third party platform it's yours yeah. you can delete it or neglect it if you like or you can curate it and back it up and make sure that it's there for as long as you wish it to be there but increasingly, we're seeing third-party platforms. So as an example, Medium is a really popular tool. And there's there's some other ones, and their names have gone out of my head. There's one which is really popular for writing newsletters. I think it's called Substack. Yes, I'll go with Substack. Mm. You People are quite happy to do their writing and, and have it owned by other mm. people. Now, I confess I haven't read the terms and conditions. Maybe they don't own it. Maybe they say, it's yours, but we'll... we'll host it for you and what have you i don't know in exchange for ad revenue or something but i'm just curious Mm. as to whether or not you you believe owning it's important Mm. i think i mean by default copyright goes to you anyway it's kind of just a a a natural legal thing isn't it so they can't really take that it's yeah it's about what they can do with it whether they can monetize it whether you have that control about where it's displayed is what you lose Uh, it's interesting because we were recording this at the week where facebook went down for six hours and i've seen so many people saying remind everybody it's a good time to own your own content you know and have your own sites and I don't know on this one. I, I believe it is still. I believe you want a little space of the internet that that's yours and that, you know, not only do you own the copyright, but you can decide where that content is going to be displayed and when. I was thinking as as people were writing those thoughts, like, yeah, Facebook's gone down for six hours. I was thinking, you know, websites never go down, do they? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah, hosting, I know. hosting companies never have glitches. No no update <laughs> to any plugin or theme will ever cause your website to go down. So it's a, it's a curious argument. Although you may have different uh, different opinions on Facebook and Twitter and whether they're good custodians of your content. I think it's remarkable how how much uptime they have, really. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean it's, yeah. it's it's that's the reason it's so shocking when Facebook et al go down for six hours because well it's unprecedented but of course obviously the scale of that collapse internationally and it would appear that lots of people literally couldn't get on with their work because they rely on facebook groups or messaging systems that are owned by facebook so that was quite interesting Uh, just throw one last thing in um which is a plugin called well not necessarily a plugin it's a service but it is a plugin called wordproof which is quite an interesting idea. It uses blockchain blockchain technology to 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 prove categorically that your writing is in fact your own. 
so you can timestamp yes. it on a blockchain and categorically yes. say this is mine i know it's mine i produced it first no 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 and yes. i don't know what you would do with that but you can do it yeah for some people that's really important yeah. for me i've never even thought i needed that but i, I did see it and i thought that's very interesting yeah I, I will never need that but i imagine if you're a lawyer or something the timing of the writing is yeah. crucial you know um, yes, if yeah. you're sharing, you know, earth-shattering ideas for your blog or something, that could, yeah. Well, we're on Cheers. we're on safe ground then. There's no <laughs> there's no earth-shattering ideas coming out of this episode. But I think we've covered it, haven't we? We have indeed. Let's talk about our last one, shall we? Last this... one? What are you talking about? We've got X, Y, and Z to do. <laughs> yes, but we're combining them. <laughs> oh, why is that? <laughs> Oh, gosh, because there's not much we can do with it. But what we're going to do is, I guess we're going to summarize, um, you know, what we don't do in WordPress and why we do certain things. And then our Z is going to represent it's time to put this series to bed. <laughs> Love it. That's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's basically because we really couldn't think of anything to do for the last <laughs> thing. I love that X is becoming like basically delete. Y, the letter Y is becoming the word Y, and uh, Z is just a set of Zs, like well, the traditional we, going to sleep. That's such a kludge. Brilliant. I'm glad you well, came Well, we could do that. something on XYZ, the, the uh, top-level domain name, couldn't we? You've, you've <laughs> discovered that that's like the sixth most popular or something. Yeah, I Googled it. That's what it said. Wow. I, don't know why. I just yeah. wondered what anybody did for yeah. X, Y, Z. Well, that's all I came up with. There you go. The, yeah. Okay, well, that, so, that'll be next time. Um, as always, lovely chatting to you. Have a nice couple of weeks, and I'll yeah, see you, you soon. Too. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. Always lovely to chat with my friend David. Really interesting subject. There was way more in that than we thought when we started out down this W is for writing course. We will be back in a couple of weeks with our final X, Y and Z. But don't forget, we'll also have an interview next week as well. And as always, don't forget our This Week in WordPress show, which will be out live 2 p.m uk time wpbuilds.com forward slash live you can see that and then we'll repurpose that and put it out as a podcast on tuesday morning okay one last reminder please do go and bookmark wpbuilds.com forward slash black and make use of those links so that well if they're an affiliate link wpbuilds might get a little bit of coffee money which would be really nice and as i said it does keep the lights on and really appreciate your support with that Okay, that's it. We'll be back, as I said, with some more content later in the week. For now, stay safe. I'm going to fade in really some unbelievably cheesy music this week and say bye-bye for now. Bye.